2019. What was Fang going to do? Blog about Max throwing herself out into space? Just so she wouldn't have to kiss him again? No. Instead, he smashed his fists against the cave wall, then grimaced with pain and stupidity, seeing his bloodied knuckles with the almost instant swelling. He banked the fire, keeping a small pile of embers glowing in case she came back and needed help finding the entrance. Neither was likely. He kicked most of the rocks off a fang-sized place and lay down, rubbing his wings against the fine silt because it felt good. He didn't want to check his blog. He'd had almost 800,000 hits earlier. Didn't want to do anything except lie still and think. Max. God, but she was stubborn. And tough. And closed in. Closed off. Except when she was holding Angel. Or ruffling the gasman's hair. Or pushing something closer to Iggy's hand so he could find it easily without knowing anyone had helped him or when she was trying to untangle Nudge's mane of hair. Or, sometimes, when she was looking at Fang. He shifted on the hard ground, a half-dozen flashes of memory cycling through his brain, Max looking at him and laughing, Max leaping off a cliff, snapping out her wings, flying off, so incredibly powerful and graceful that it took his breath away, Max punching someone's lights out, her face like stone. Max kissing that wiener, Sam, on Anne's front porch. Gritting his teeth, Fang rolled onto his side. Max kissing him on the beach, after Ari had kicked Fang's butt. Just now, her mouth soft under his. He wished she were here, if not next to him, then somewhere in the cave, so he could hear her breathing. It was going to be hard to sleep without that tonight. Chapter 20 Before Fang took the computer with him, and before they'd almost gotten nailed by robot erasers, Nudge had been reading about camping recipes online. She was tired of ding-dongs and hot dogs on a stick. She'd found out that you could do amazing stuff, like cooking whole meals wrapped in foil in the embers of a fire. She decided to get a frying pan next time she had a chance. It wouldn't be too hard to carry around one little frying pan, would it? And if they had a frying pan, Iggy could make almost anything. Just thinking about it made her stomach rumble. That smells good, said Angel, coming over to kneel by the fire. Is that what that foil was for? Uh-huh, Nudge said, poking at the foil package with a stick. And the next second, the waning sun blinked out. They both looked up in surprise, and Gazzy and Iggy stopped playing tic-tac-toe. Angel drew in her breath so fast, it sounded like a whistle. Nudge felt like her own breath had turned to a chunk of concrete in her throat, because she couldn't make a sound. Couldn't move. Hundreds of those robot things, the things that Iggy called flyboys, were covering the sky above their canyon, and coming in both ways. Nudge guessed that the few that had survived the earlier fight had gone to get reinforcements. There must have been ten times as many this time. The flock was trapped. Dinner's ready, said Angel. And it's us. Chapter 21 Up and away? Iggy asked, and Gazzy answered. No, they're above us too. Everywhere. Nudge's ears were filled with a horrible droning sound 
like a thousand bees. And as the flyboys dropped closer, it started to sound like chanting, like, We are many. You cannot win. We sure as heck can try, Gazzy yelled. Leaning down, he grabbed a bunch of sticks from the fire and threw them into the air. Several of the flyboys caught fire. Excellent. They were flammable. Nudge raced over and grabbed some burning sticks, too, but she held one too close and singed her hand. Still, she threw them into the air as hard as she could, watching in amazement as flyboys burst into flame. Cool! Gezi grinned, forgetting to panic for a moment. It's like they were dipped in gasoline. They don't have mines, Angel said. Nudge looked at her. They don't have mines, Angel explained again, upset. I can't do anything. Like and bite them, Total cried, racing in circles around their feet. Let me at them. Let me get my fangs on them. He made little leaps into the air, snapping his jaws. Total, Angel said. Be careful. Come back. Let me teach him a lesson, Total yelled. The flock fought hard, of course. Max had taught them to fight, to never, ever give up, unless running away made more sense, she'd always added. Running away would have been so great, Nudge thought. But in this case, there was nowhere to run. The canyon was clogged with flyboys. They seemed to be mostly metal, with a thin eraser covering on the outside. The ones that had burned were all metal now, their skin and fur charred and shriveled against them, smelling god-awful. Iggy threw every bomb he had. Nudge had no idea where he'd been hiding them, and she bet Max didn't know about them either. But all the bombs destroyed only 15 or 20 flyboys. Not enough. Nowhere close to enough. The flock was caught. Maybe if Max and Fang had been there, it would have taken the robots a minute or two. That's how bad it was. How hopeless. Within 20 minutes, the flock had been duct-taped into unmoving bundles. Even total. Then flyboys grabbed them and took to the air, flying like big toasters or something. Nudge saw Iggy, Gazzy, Angel, and Total, their mouths taped shut like hers. Don't worry, Angel sent the thought out to each of them. Don't worry. Max and Fang will come back. They'll find us. They'll be really mad, too. Nudge tried not to think, so Angel wouldn't be more scared. But she wasn't able to shut her brain down completely, so Angel might have felt her think. Not even Max and Fang can get us out of this one. No one can. This is the end. Chapter 22 I went back to Fang the next morning and pretended that nothing had happened, that my little DNA-enhanced heart hadn't gone all aflutter, and that I hadn't imagined myself in a hoop skirt, coming down the stairs at Tara like Scarlet O'Hara. Nope, not my style. Instead, I showed up, skidding on my landing, sending grit and pebbles everywhere, and said, Let's roll. Topping the list of thorns on my side for today were 1. Weirdness between me and Fang. 2. Worry about leaving the flock. 3. 
gnawing sense of pressure about getting back to the mission. 4. The usual, food, shelter, safety, life expectancy, etc. 5. And then, of course, that whole actual saving the world thing. Gosh, it was hard to figure out what to worry about first. Everything wanting to contribute to my ulcer? Get in line and take a number. You're quiet. Fang broke into my thoughts. Below us, barren miles of mountains, plains, Indian reservations, and desert looked like wrinkles on a dirt-colored tablecloth. I glanced at him. Enjoy it while you can. Max. He waited till I looked at him again. The one thing we have is each other. The one thing we can depend on, no matter what. We have to... Talk about stuff. I would pretty much rather have been torn apart by wild animals. I liked it better when you didn't talk, I said. I mean, there's a reason people don't look under rocks, you know? Meaning what? He sounded irritated. We're going to pretend nothing's going on? That's stupid. The only way to deal with any of this is to get it out in the open. Ugh. Have you been watching Oprah again? Now, I had made him mad, and he fell silent. I was relieved, but I knew the subject wasn't closed. Then my eyes registered the particular area we were flying over at high speed. It was a little hard to tell where Arizona left off and California began. You'd think they would just go ahead and paint those blue map lines everywhere, divvying up the states. But I recognized this place. Going down, I announced, angling my body and tucking my wings behind me. Feng followed me without comment. I could practically feel the strong, ring-her-neck vibes coming from him, but it wasn't the first time he'd been really angry at me, and God knew it wouldn't be the last. We landed at the edge of a woods, near a dinky little Arizona town, and started walking west. After two minutes, I stopped looking straight ahead at a small, tidy house, surrounded by a somewhat scraggly yard. Max, you're making a serious mistake, said the voice. Get up and get out of here right now. Get back to your mission. I'm very serious about this. I ignored it, emotions starting to swirl inside me. Where are we? Fang whispered. At Ella's house, I said, hardly able to believe it myself. And Dr. Martinez. Chapter 23 If we can all fly, why are we in the back of a semi? Iggy whispered. He was rewarded by having one of the flyboys kick him hard in the ribs. Oof. Nudge winced, practically feeling his pain with him. Since he was blind... He couldn't see her face or the sympathy she was trying to send his way. Everything hurt. Nudge didn't know how long they'd been lying on the floor in the back of this big truck, feeling every bump in the road. They'd been tied up for hours, and she couldn't feel her hands anymore. Every time the truck bounced, her shoulder or her hip banged against the hard floor, and she was sure she would have humongous bruises. They all would. After the flyboys had grabbed them, They'd put cloth hoods over their heads. Nudge had smelled something sickly sweet. 
She'd grown dizzy and then passed out. She'd woken up in the truck, heading God knew where. Well, probably the school. Or the institute. Either way, it was going to be a long drive, which meant she could lie here and dread what was coming, minute after minute, hour after hour. What was coming? A cage. Awful, scary, really painful experiments, usually involving needles. Nudge tried not to whimper, thinking about it. Chemical smells, white coats, flashing lights, scary sounds. Knowing it was happening to the rest of the flock. And no Max, no Fang. And all of this, being bound, seeing the rest of her flock also bound and in pain, not knowing where Max and Fang were, or even if they'd be able to find the flock. Again. All that stuff wasn't even the worst part. The worst part was that when she'd woken up, and she counted heads in the truck, there had only been three. Angel was missing. Chapter 24 It wasn't as though they'd saved my life or anything. Ella and Dr. Martinez. It was worse. They'd shown me what life could be like in normal land. It had haunted me ever since I'd left them. What day was this? No clue. Would Dr. Martinez be at work? I let my mind focus on this question in order to avoid the bigger, scarier question. Would they even want to see me again? War? Nightmare? Had something bad happened to them because they'd sheltered me before? Just like the first time, I stood frozen on the edge of the yard, unable to will myself forward, to knock on the door. Max, began the voice, and I answered inside my head. You're the one who said connections were important, I reminded it. Well, I'm here to make some connections. Deal with it. What the heck are we doing here? Fang's tone of mild curiosity meant that he was so stunned he was about to fall over. I had no answer for him. I didn't even have an answer for myself. Then, just like the first time again, fate stepped in. Or, rather... Dr. Martinez stepped out her front door. She blinked in the bright sun, then turned to lock the door behind her. Then she paused, as if listening, or sensing something. Moi. Behind me, Fang instinctively faded into the woods, where he would be invisible among the shadows. Slowly, Dr. Martinez turned, while I stood tense and almost quaking at the edge of her yard. Her deep brown eyes swept the area, and flashed on me almost immediately. Then her mouth opened soundlessly. I made out the word, Max. Chapter 25 Then Dr. Martinez and I were running toward each other, and it felt like it was all happening in slow motion. I had planned on a cool, casual, Yo, what's happening? But that dream is gone, 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 baby. Instead, I clung tightly to her, trying not to cry, taking a weird, deep, terrifying satisfaction from the sensation of her holding me. Her hand stroked my hair as she whispered, Max, 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 you've come back. Her voice sounded broken, and I didn't trust myself to speak. 
Then I remembered I was indulging in this revolting display of saccharine emotion right in front of Fang, who would probably never let me hear the end of it. I turned and looked toward the woods. With my raptor vision, I could barely make out his dim outline. I raised my hand to him, and Dr. Martinez's gaze shot toward the woods. Max, are you okay? she asked, her eyes on the trees and shadows. Yes, I, I didn't mean to come back, I said hesitantly. But I... we were in the neighborhood. Dr. Martinez's eyes widened when a stiff-faced fang slowly emerged from the woods, as if a shadow had taken form and come to life. How's that for a little bird-kid imagery, huh? The soul of a poet. That's me. This is my... brother, Fang. I muttered, stumbling over the word brother. Because he'd kissed me. And no southern jokes, please. Ech. Fang? Dr. Martinez said, giving him a slow smile, warming up my day. She held out her hand, and he came toward us as if dragged by an invisible rope, as tense and unyielding as I'd ever seen him, which is saying something. He stopped about two yards from us and didn't take her hand. Fang, are you... like Max? asked Dr. Martinez. Nope, he said, sounding bored. I'm the smart one. I resisted the urge to kick his shin. Well, come in both of you, said Dr. Martinez sounding excited and bemused and awestruck. I was going to run to the grocery store before Ella got home from school, but that can wait. Inside, the house seemed more familiar to me than Ann Walker's, though I'd only been here maybe 48 hours, months ago. Maybe because it had felt like home, the first real home I'd ever been in. Behind me, Fang stood close to the door, taking in every detail, cataloging exits, planning courses of action in case violence broke out, as it tended to do around us. Are you guys hungry? asked Dr. Martinez, taking off her jacket and putting down her purse. I could make you guys sandwiches. That would be great, I said, my stomach growling at the thought. Peng sniffed the air. What's that scent that? Dr. Martinez and I smiled at each other. Chocolate chip cookies, we said at the same time. Chapter 26 So, you have your price, I said to Fang, speaking around a mouthful of crumbs. Your soul for a cookie. Making sure Dr. Martinez wasn't looking, Fang shot me the bird and took another bite, clearly savoring the warm chewiness, the notes of vanilla, the semi-melted chocolate chunks. I grinned at him, then stuck out my tongue. Dr. Martinez sat down at the table with us and dipped a cookie into her mug of coffee. She patted my arm. I'm really glad to see you again, Max. She said with so much sincerity that I blushed. You know, there have been reports about mutants flying children in the news lately. I nodded. Yeah, we keep forgetting the Lilo and Hyde part of our plan. Do you have a plan? she asked, concern on her face. What are you doing now? Are there more of you? Just like that, my natural instincts for secrecy and self-preservation kicked in, and I felt my face shut down. Next to me, Fang stiffened mid-chew, 
Dr. Martinez had no problem reading my expression. Never mind, she said quickly. For good, I asked. I just wish I could help in some way. Dr. Martinez was a veterinarian, and she treated me for a gunshot wound at her clinic. When she did an x-ray, the microchip in my arm. Maybe you can, I said. Remember my chip? The one in your arm? Dr. Martinez frowned. Do you still have it? Yeah, and I want it out. She finished her cookie and drank some coffee, thinking it through. Since you left, I've examined your x-ray a hundred times. She smiled. I didn't think I'd ever see you again, but it drove me crazy. I had to figure it out. I have looked and looked at it, trying to see if there's any way to take out the chip without damaging your nerves so badly that you lose the use of your hand. Did you come up with something? I was practically quivering with anticipation. Her shoulders sagged slightly. I'm not positive, but it seems like I could possibly do it with microsurgery, but... Do it, I said quickly. Do it now. I felt Fang looking at me, but I stayed focused on Dr. Martinez. I want this chip out, I said, hating the pleading sound in my voice. I don't care what it does. Can't risk losing the use of your hand, said the voice. For some reason, I was finding it particularly annoying today. Why? I thought, sarcasm dripping. You think I can't save the world with one hand tied by my back? Dr. Martinez looked hesitant, too cautious to take risks. Suddenly, Fang grabbed my left hand and turned it over, burying my forearm on the table. The angry red scars from when I'd sawed on my arm with a broken seashell flamed up at us, puckered and ugly. Heat flushed my face, and I tried to pull my arm away. Oh, that, I muttered, aware of Dr. Martinez's wide, horrified eyes. She tried to cut it out herself, Fang said tersely, almost bled out on a beach. Take it out so she won't be such a moron again, or at least not that same way. Maybe in a different way, he acknowledged realistically. I frowned fiercely at him, hating the look of consultation on Dr. Martinez's face. Then I glared at her, daring her to express pity. I swear, I would knock their two heads together if I can try, she said. Hey, and thanks for listening to another episode of Maximum Crime, a Maximum Ride bootleg audiobook podcast thing. I am your all of it, Marky, and this week I checked my YouTube comments, which I should honestly do a lot more often, but oh well. I checked them and I got a couple very, very nice comments for some people. So instead of a shout out this week, I'm gonna read those comments. I actually already answered these people back on the channel, but I want to answer them here because it's my podcast and I get to do what I want. So the first one is from KCS, and they say, So glad I found this. The dang version of this book on Audible is an abridged version, so you miss lots of the story, but still pay for the whole thing. Thank you, Casey. Uh, I didn't actually know that, because I know there were a couple different versions, but I didn't know there was like an abridged version. I know there's 
between some of the editions of the Angel Experiment, the one big change that I remember was that for some reason in the scene where the kids are in the fancy restaurant, they changed bimbo to himbo. That was a shock coming back to read that in 2021. <laughs> Let me tell you. Um, but yeah, that's super weird. Um, glad to provide something better than what Audible has for free. Yay! Um, thank you for listening. Uh, the next one is from David B. And they said, This is the best book read I've ever listened to. I would gladly pay to have you read more books. Like, if you were the reader for Audible, I'd have kept it. Thank you so much. I am by no means a professional voice actor or anything like that. Um obviously from the first half of this series. Uh, this is my first time doing anything by myself with audio, so I'm excited that you think I have a fun reading voice. I've considered setting up a PayPal slash Patreon or something for this, but I don't really know if that's worth it. I don't know. We'll see. Um, if I can ever get that website up and running that I promised, what was it? 11 months ago. Oh, good grief. Um, yeah, we'll see about that. I hope I can get that running soon. Um, but those were some comments on my YouTube channel, which is Avandalic Audio, and I'll link that in the show notes. That's just where I'm gonna put the supercuts of all the books. I considered putting every single episode up there, but I thought it might be better just to have the full supercut. I guess if anyone's interested in each individual part, I could do that. I don't know. Tell me what you think. Oh, also, before I forget, sorry about the quality of the audio and my voice. In like the second half of that, I've been dog sitting all week with three dogs that shed a lot, and I always forget that I'm allergic to fur. So that was fun. And then I didn't realize that my air conditioner was on until... I think the last five minutes recording is when it shut off. So that was fun. <laughs> so sorry about that. I hope the episode was still enjoyable though. Anyway, now that we got all that out of the way, if you want to get in contact with me and, I don't know, tell me that you want episodes on YouTube, don't want episodes on YouTube. Uh, if you want to go tell Audible that they should hire me as a voice actor. <laughs> You can get into contact with me by emailing me at MaximumCrimePod at gmail.com or hitting me up on my Tumblr over at Maximum-Crime-Pod. Oh, also, if you want to leave a rating review, that would be super cool of you. And I will try to read it on air. Obviously, I am incredibly forgetful about all my platforms, but I will get to it eventually, I promise. All right, I think that's all I got to say for this time. So, until next time, fly on. Mm -hmm.